It's the Crazy Weekly Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy. This is William Davis. Morning, Rob. It's morning in Bridge End. Lindy McKenzie. Yes, and the sun is shining. It is shining. You and I have to catch a plane at one o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yep. Looking forward to that. We're going to get on the road in a second. William Davis is taking an extra day. Yep, off down to Nice to watch more rugby in the Knoll this afternoon playing Newport. Oh, that's a historic venue. I watched Connacht win 10-9 there many moons ago, probably about 12 years ago. Speaking of historic grounds, Bury Fields are historic ground. Connacht went there last night. It was old school. It was tough. But the Ospreys, well, they got the better of them. Yeah, they did. It was disappointing. Um, it's really about two things. It's the result and the performance. Uh, so as the performance led to the result. Very frustrating game. Uh, asleep for the first 10 minutes so finished up 10-0 down uh, clawed their way back in got it back to 17-0 had an opportunity to win it with a drop goal and then lost it right on the death on the last play of the game um, tough night and going to have to ask themselves a lot of hard questions about that the Ospreys were decent but that was as weak as they can be I think Okay, here's the story of the game, and following that, you'll hear the post-game thoughts from the commentary from myself and William. Ball back to Jack Cardi, kick downfield with the right foot. It's going to land just on the 22. Sam Davis, 25-year-old, at out half, kicks downfield with the left foot. Bounces once into the hand of Kieran Marmion, one of the many, many players coming back into the side. Across to Tiernan O'Halloran, that's blocked. O'Halloran is in trouble here now because the Ospreys have collected the ball. McConnick doesn't make the tackles. Ollie Cracknell has it. Ospreys ball outside to 22. This is a promising start for the Ospreys. James King with the carry. King gets himself re- ready into the contact. And at the base is Harry Morgan, the young 18-year-old scrum half. The Ospreys have it now with Dan Evans. Dan Evans going outside to 22. Ball comes wide. And the Ospreys could have a chance out on the wing if they get it out towards Giles. Keelan Giles is in. He's touched it down and he scored the try. Keelan Giles with the score. What a start for the Ospreys. Five points to nil straight away. I'm afraid that's a terrible error by Kieran uh, O'Halloran again. He just was far too lackadaisical with that kick, easily blocked down. It had to be cleared. Connacht had actually got some decent possession. Osprey's b- line out, Osprey's ball from the line out. Maul is set. They lead 5 0 here in the brewery field in Bridge End. Now it's out to the back line, Sam Davis to Corey Allen. Allen goes through the tackle, spun around, and the Ospreys are outside the 22, middle of the park. They can go left, they can go right, they decide to go right. Here's a kick through for a chase. It's King out there, the big second row. Uh, Keen Keller is covering across. He's touched it down. Did he carry it over? We'll have to wait and see if it's a 22 dropout or if it's a five-meter scrum. Bad news for Keen Keller and bad news for Connacht. It's a five-meter scrum to the Ospreys. Great chasing from James King. Ospreys ball. Lovely little inside pass from Sam Davis to Thomas Wheeler. And he stops short, but they'll get second phase. cross skill kick from Davis. Tiernan Halloran's chasing this, but it looks like Giles is going to win the race for all the world. He does. Two tries for Keelan Giles. 21 years of age. And he is making a massive impact tonight and this season. What a start for the Ospreys. What a nightmare for this comic side. Well, the minute the ball went out there, Rob, you could see something coming because... Uh Connick got really, really narrow, and I think Tiernan O'Halloran's probably well out of position when this kick comes. 
Yeah, thanks, Jerry. Connick won the line out. We're three phases on. They're inside the 22, and Jared Butler's taking a pass from the base from Kieran Marmion, and he's crashed it up. They're 10 metres from the Ospreys line. Another carry, this time for Sean O'Brien. He was the target in the line earlier. He's carrying well. Quinn Rue gets it out. Alton Delan might trick a few people by just attacking in around the fringes. I don't think they expected that. They're five metres from the line now. Kieran Marmion's a man in his way. There should be an advantage to Connick. Jack Hardy goes for the drop goal. 10 points to three. I thought Connacht were playing through an advantage. Interesting decision for Cardi to take the three points there. Drop goal. I think he. I think that was a good decision actually, Rob, because the the, the ball had come out so slowly that the, the uh, Osprey's defence had gone out wide. So I think moving the ball out would have just allowed them to be pushed back. So he's he's grabbed the opportunity and got three points on the board. Five outside the 22. Osprey's ball, 15 in from the touchline in Connacht territory. Have they put an extra man in the scrub? No, no one on that blindside flanker position. It's going backwards, but enough time for Morgan to get it out. And now they're going to attack Connacht with a full back line out there. Good tackle goes in in the centre there from Jack Carty to just to slow them. It comes back to Davis. Here comes Corey Allen, whips it out to the double try scorer, Keelan Giles. Oh, he's stepping inside. Jared Butler whipping across the late to tackle. My word. Scampering and doing the job. Finley Beanham doing the job in the centre of the field then. Out it comes Morgan Davis. Gets uh, a pass from. His uh, scrum half, Harry Morgan. Out it comes. Davis back on his feet. Dan, Dan Evans again. And Sam Davis gets back on his feet so fast. Sometimes it just doesn't even make sense. Really good stuff from him. Lydiot with the carry. Ospreys, 14 men. Leading by seven points. And dominating these last few exchanges. Ball comes wide. Opportunity for Corey Allen. If Connick don't make the tackles, Tom Farrell tries to take him down. The pass inside to Harry Morgan. The Ospreys have a second try. With 14 men, they lead... Now, by 15 points to three, the sin bin will soon be over. And thank God, from the Connacht perspective, because they've been clueless ever since the sin bin was given to them. Yeah, that's terrible stuff from Connacht there. The defensive line disintegrated. It was a simple, straightforward, straight, straight, straight run by Corey Allen. He just straightened the line, straightened into position and got the pass away. It's been coming. Connacht have just given them too, too much possession, has been coughed up, and they've been punished. Welcome back to our listeners on FM. Connick didn't make much of the last attack. As you know, the Ospreys had a five-minute scrum. Since then, we've had two scrum resets, a clearance kick from the Ospreys, a long delay for an injury, a line-out and a maul from Connick on the 22. That was taken down. Connick got the penalty and kicked the corner. They have a five-metre line-out. Yet another chance in the 22. The last three have gotten nothing. Have to score. Yep, you feel this is it now. This, uh, this is this is a sort of a do or die effort they've got to get this they've got to get this job done 17-3 to the Ospreys Connacht with a 5 metre line out though we've got about 16 minutes to go Finley Bielham off Connacht carry on the throw towards the middle the ball is won by Quinn Rue Connacht will get this mall rolling the Ospreys come around the side can they disrupt this one as well Connacht need to dominate this mall they're trying to do it the Ospreys are piling in Connacht are still on their feet they're still going towards the line now it stops it's about 4 metres from the line Caelan Blaze trying to direct it Connacht have got over the line they have finally, finally got that try that they've been scampering for for so, so long. Let's see who got in there to score. Bundiaki's come up with the ball. Connick in the 22, 10 metres from the Ospreys line. They've scored a try to get within seven. It's all changing. James Cannon is the target in the line out. He has the ball. The Connick Mall is going for the line. And Bundiaki's at the back of it again. Starting to love this new role. On they maul towards the line. Aki goes to the line. Has he got over? Got the touchdown? He thought he had. No, it's there to be replayed by Connick though. Blake gets it out. There's a chance out in the wing. Over the line goes Jared Butler. A second try for Connick. The game has been turned on its head. Incredible. They're within two. Conversion to come. Well, it's never over till it's over, and Connacht have just got themselves back in here by doing very, very simple stuff, but they've been helped by a couple of 
naive plays by the the, the Ospreys. 17 points each, about three and a half minutes to go. Blade feeds in. The scrum seems pretty steady. And Connacht just want to see if there's anything we had. Now Connacht are driving forward. They probably want a penalty out of this. Blade is leaving it in. Connacht have got the penalty. Major, major moment. Yeah, they played that brilliantly. And great work by Connacht Blade. Connacht in there as well. Dennis Buckley, sorry. Will. Because he, he went back as if he was waiting for the number eight to pick it up. And then Connacht drove the ball on. And that really helps the referee make the decision. But they absolutely had control of that. And Jack Carty's the key man there where he gets this ball into the 22. Yeah, so even though it was nine metres inside a half field, it was near the touchline. It's not in Carty's range for, for points. Otherwise, he would have gone for it. So they've gone for a line out on the 22, which is where they're going to start from here. Yeah, maybe, a, maybe got a few more yards, but it's a good safe touch and the opportunity. And, and no, this is Connacht's opportunity. They get a penalty, they can kick it. They can maybe look for a sneaky drop goal. Whatever, this is the chance. Alright, we're in the last couple of minutes. Connick try a trick move to the front of the lineout. Caelan Blade dances through a couple of tackles after Carey won it and Blade had got the ball into the middle of the field for Fianga. That was clever, it worked. Here's a chance for Cannon to carry. He needs players on his shoulder. Connick ball just outside the 22, right in the centre, in the pocket. It's Jack Hardy. He's gone for the drop goal. He's almost falling down. He's missed it to the right. It'll be a 22 metre dropout for the Ospreys. He was never in position really comfortably once the ball came back to him and he still followed through on it because I don't think he had much of an option. He's missed. It's 17 each. I don't think he had much of an option but it wasn't a great pass to him because it, it needed to come back centred but he had to actually sort of go and chase it away to his right-hand side and pull it back to take the kick. Well, They'll be looking for accuracy at the line. Now, Connick have a decision to make. Do they attack it or do they, just let, do they let them win it? Do they actually go looking for it? potentially give away a penalty in the line-out and it might be kickable. Osprey's line-out will reset. This is probably the last play. They're going for a win here on the 10-metre line in the Connacht half the field. They've got the ball smashed into the centre. Connacht are making their tackles, though. Penalty either way will keep this game rolling. And uh, Connacht, Osprey's going right through the middle. Corey Allen, a missed tackle in the centre. Connacht just got bring back. Allen's going for the line. He's made 35, 40 metres. Now he tries the second movement. Has he gone over the line? No, says the referee. He says no try. Ospreys is celebrating. He's knocked it on. And Connacht have survived. Well, by the skin of their teeth. Corey, Corey Allen again. They had a long meeting before that, the, the backs, and they must have just called that move off the line-out. Brilliant from Corey Allen. It should have won the game. Long discussion between the officials. They're claiming it wasn't a knock-on. He's going to the TMO. They're convinced it wasn't a knock-on, so... Sometimes you kind of know when a team's chancing their arm, but sometimes you can see there's a genuine response. I didn't see a knock-on, but we are a long way from it. Well, it's very hard for us to judge up here, but we're going to see. This is is going to come down to the TMO. Well, you reckon, William, he's decided that wasn't knocked on? Well, I don't know whether he's decided or the TMO's decided. That's the question. We haven't got the, the audio here, so we don't know who actually did most of the talking in that scenario. But... Uh, well, they got the chance and they well, took it. That was bizarre. We, all we could see was the referee talking to two Ospreys players. There was no celebrations when he told them what he was telling them. No, nope, He just walked away and then suddenly he decided it was a try. So whatever was said, you'll have to forgive us. We're not able to hear it. It looked like it was going to go Connick's way, but it didn't. Ospreys have got the decision. They said the Connick hand had knocked it back. If you see it again, it looks for all the world like a knock-on. It's all irrelevant now. The decision's made and Connick have lost 22-17. Well, uh... An exciting end. Corey Hill just it was it was a planned move off the line out. There was a missed tackle in the middle of the field. He nearly got there. Connick had their chance potentially. Well, don't know to say to win it, but they had a chance to get into the lead. 
very inconsistent performance from Connacht. They got themselves back in, but they're going to leave here with uh, just a point. And it's a very, very, dis- very, very disappointing, um, very disappointing evening for them. So it's, it's really going to raise a lot of questions. They're going to have to, uh, going to have to have a hard look at that. They came here with an absolutely A1 team, but they just never got their game plan away. And the Ospreys flattered to deceive when they got into the lead. They scored two very early tries. Well, Corey Hill's the difference. He scored two tries in the game. Both doing the same thing, just running hard and straight from the centre. And that's made the difference. Yeah, and you know, it was a beautiful break for the try. I thought when I looked at it, the conic hand knocked it backwards. You don't normally see that given as anything other than a knock-on in open play. But when it's going to be forensically analysed in a try situation... He has no choice but to give the try because the players, the reason why the player lost control of the ball is a Connacht hand snapped it out of it. In open play, that would be just a knock-on, a very simple call. Well, that's what they've, that's what they've decided. But um, um, people are going to talk about that a lot, William, but as it stands, Connacht were, were really rescuing a dreadful situation with two quick tries out of nowhere. Drop goal attempt to win the game that was missed. Yeah, and the Ospreys got the last chance of the game and they took it. Uh, directly kicked into touch by Jack Carty. Yeah, I'm afraid that's, that was where it started. To, that, that was the problem. That marched the ball down and that gave them the platform. They had a meeting beforehand. They, it was a set play and they went for it and they, they scored. Um, it's five points for the Ospreys, one for Connacht. It's four huge points for them in terms of the uh, conference. And it's a game that's really raised more questions than has given us answers to where Connacht are this season. Well, it's, 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 it's another understands Osprey's team and an Osprey's team that really did stop playing from about 60 minutes um, just inaccurate I mean it's unfortunate I mean Jack Carty did some very good things but that I mean, if you're going to pick one thing that direct kick to touch that's awful I mean they, they were being driven back mm, running out of the, ideas running out of ideas so he goes for a big long kick in a touch it misses by metres over the touchline you march back up the field and from that they get the winning score and that's a sign of you know, the Ospreys had a set play. You saw them have their meeting. Hill took the took the ball hard and flat. He'd been doing it all night. He'd been causing problems all night. And they get the try. Um, it's a strange night. I get the feeling there's a lot of the people here quite neutral supporters. I don't think there's a lot of Osprey supporters in. There's probably a lot of Bridge End supporters have come along to see a, a different level of rugby to what they're usually seeing. And... There was no great celebration by anybody when they actually won that. Mm. But for the start they made, I think they probably deserved to win. A draw would probably have been slightly bizarre result, but Connacht would have taken it. Connacht are hoping against hope now at this stage, but uh, they're certainly hoping at the start of the season maybe to make a push for the playoffs. You know, you pick up a losing bonus point in an away fixture to one of your key rivals against the Ospreys. You haven't. If you start the season, you, you say, well, we're not losing ground. If we get one, they get four. But... You, you know for the rest of the season these are the games like if they go against you they're a very bad sign this should be two each tonight at least yeah on the basis of play leaving aside the fact that they underperformed yeah it, it, it probably should have been and I mean the, if that drop kick had gone over from Jack Carty it's not a play that Connacht use very often we've had a drop goal tonight I suppose to see two in the one game would have been quite a shock and it was uh, it was a poor pass back to him just missed uh, they didn't. They actually went to that play very quickly. I was a bit surprised. I thought they would have actually tried to truck the ball up a bit more. Yeah. Because I think there was an opportunity nearly all the time in those balls and to, to pick up another penalty. It was also a strange line out. I, 
you know, to do the front of the line, I thought they almost were lucky to even get possession from it. It was all a bit scampered. It was brilliant from Caelan Blade. Lovely footwork to dance through a couple of tackles. And then Fyenga, as he had done all night, crashed it up. Uh, the position, though, was set straight away to go for the drop goal. And when the ball came back, had, had he any option? Jack Hardy wants to pass, wasn't good enough no. to step inside. No, he had to just he, kick that ball. He had ball to kick that ball. ball. I don't think there was anything he, he could do. He didn't miss by much. It didn't miss. It just, you know, it's one of those things there. It's so rare to see Connacht going for a drop goal. To have two, in, to have potentially have two in the one night is is quite bizarre. It was a disappointing night. It was a bit of an insipid performance. They were slow off the mark. I think they'll be very disappointed. They're going to really have to dig down deep and try to figure out what happened there. Um, I think the analysis that the Ospreys had done, they certainly had worked on moving the, the back three around with the kicking. They did a fair bit of that, and they targeted Niadi Alokan's wing. That's where the first two tries went in lovely pinpoint accurate kicks. Yeah, that's a bad night. That's 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 not. This is the full strength Connacht team. This yes. is if Connacht Connacht got to a Challenge Cup quarter final, or you know your Christmas fixture against at home against Ulster Munster. This is pretty much the team we're going to put out there. Yeah. Maybe Matt Healy puts his head Matt in Healy there. Matt would be in, and anyone else? Maybe uh, a couple of other players. Maybe certainly Gavin. guys like Owen McKeown are all going to be pushing hard. Well, but, but this is as good a, as you can maybe get. Maybe Gavin Thorne. But you, you look, it, but you can't say that there was anybody inexperienced there was no, no. really young guys in there no. Paul Boyle went off early on which was disappointing for him with an injury Fianga had his best game but, I'd say yes I think Fianga had his best game uh, he showed his worth he took some hard ball he worked very very hard it was a proper grinding old game um, uh, it was just it was just disappointing uh, a bit surprising to see a performance like that mm. I, I don't quite know where that came from it doesn't fit into any trend or narrative well it does a little bit because we have said that Connick have yet to really spark as a team they've got some good results but we haven't really seen it the whole thing even the Ulster game was kind of a strange game the red card played a big part in that I know it was historic but it wasn't a all round yeah, through display either the thing as well is when they have possession and they're in the 22 they, they just defences seem to know what they're going to do mm. It looks very predictable and it's not very quick. Yes. So a good defensive line is just going to keep making tackles. Yes. We've had this problem. It was around last season. Uh, it was around in the Pat Lamb's final season. That you've, you've got to do something different. There's a bit of a lack of a trick in midfield. There's nobody to do what Corey Allen did, mm. which was just take two flat balls and run a hard line. Yeah, and he didn't have a brilliant game tonight. He didn't stand out like some sort of centre that you're like, my word, Corey Allen's coming at us. He made a lot of mistakes. But yeah, he was still the guy, when the game mattered, to step up at that spe- speed and, and go for a brilliant but, run. But he, he also got the try when they had the, in the yellow card scenario. Mm. And that was huge because he just took, uh, he just ran a hard line. I keep saying that, but that's all mm. he did. There was nothing very, there was a couple of tackles missed, he's in. Mm. And that's frustrating that you give up a try to something as simple as that. And just but to clarify, because I said it earlier, four points to one, it's five points to the Ospreys tonight, because yes, they've got a bonus they've point. Got the bonus the point. Yeah. Uh, that just threw me there, it was only when you were saying it. Yeah. So like, a massive, massive gain for the Ospreys in the standings against Connacht. It's going to be next to impossible to reverse that advantage they have. You'd imagine, tough home fixture in Christmas, you're, you're asking Connacht to get maybe four points to zero, possibly, but that's only to just draw a level with them in the standings. I think we're going to have to start seriously talking after a result like this and a performance like this of maybe forgetting about playoffs for Connacht this year. Just it's about trying to build something, isn't it? Oh, they won't. They well, won't. Forgetting about Champions Cup, perhaps they, even as well. They won't accept that, but I think they'll have to. 
they're going to have they're going to be they need to be asked some searching questions mm. about as to what went wrong because I don't I don't think that Ospreys team did anything particularly mm. phenomenal. Mm. Um, they they scored two tries early from the same move kicks mm. through. They took their chances when Hill got the ball and it's games like that you've as I say it's probably created more questions than answers. Uh, Four tries uh, to two, so that says a lot. They always say it. You score more tries, you, you win 80% of the games. A bonus point win for the Ospreys in the end. A last-minute try that will cause controversy. My gut feeling, your gut feeling, is the ball probably went off a conic hand, but it was very fine margins, and you'd expect that to be called a knock-on eight times out of ten by referees. Well, uh, play. If there's no TMO, that's definitely a knock-on. Well, well, well the referee did call it as a, a, a knock-on. Knock on. Connick will analyse that and they'll be frustrated but I think your your final bottom line earlier was you can't complain about that when, when you played so poorly for long periods uh, they, Connick only really played for about 20 minutes in that game mm. and uh, they had other opportunities they didn't take them and yep they're just going to have to going to have to get at it it makes the game against the Dragons absolutely massive and it's a tough one mentally for them because they're just trying to get back to even power in terms of wins and losses for the season they're, and they're currently at four wins and five defeats on the nine games they're going into a two week break trip to South Africa can't be going in there with, with a defeat to the Dragons as well no that's a big it's a big game Saturday week and a lot of changes to come next next Saturday week yeah it? well the, the internationals will all be missing um, slight concern about Quinn Rue limping off I hope uh, I hope that's only a very minor one because I thought he did did fine and I wouldn't like to see him being injured before um, he gets the opportunity to go to Ireland uh, Kieran Marmion was okay he's got big couple of weeks ahead from you know in, in, in the Ireland context massive and um, next Saturday is is a big game now it's you know it's a team that Connacht used to beat home and away regularly well they've beaten us uh, the last three times we've played them and um, it could be that could be a tricky assignment if they come they're going to play a very similar game to uh, I think to the uh, Ospreys just you know they'll attack when they're given an opportunity bizarre amount of kicking in this game I'd love to see the kicking stats it's it was like watching a game from 2002 it was just it was odd but it worked for the Ospreys I think they did a better job on it We would like to thank the official Connacht Rugby Supporters Club for supporting the podcast. For the most detailed and informative travel news for away matches, check out the Supporters Club website at connachtlan.com. Membership is only €10 and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to connachtclan.com for all your supporting needs. All right, that was our views after the game. I went from the commentary area into the uh, clubhouse area behind the main stand where Andy Friend spoke to us and Kieran Marmion as well. Andy, first things first, it felt like quite an underperformance from Connacht overall tonight. I know they've lost to a really heartbreaking try at the end, but overall must be a big disappointment with the performance as well. Yeah, we were flat. We just seemed to be flat when we came out and we talked about it at half-time. We, you know, we, it took us a while to warm up and we felt like we got ourselves back in the game we were solving problems but discussion at the end of the game there we you know why are we getting into a position where we've got to start solving things um, same in the second half we started slow again and had to come from 17-3 down which I thought we ground that out pretty well to get to 17 all and then put ourselves in a position to win but yeah, certainly, uh, certainly not one of our better performances, that one. Yeah, the Sydney period must be really frustrating because it was a real opportunity early in the second half to, to take control of the game. Yeah, again, yeah, we, uh, we get them down to 14 men and, uh, and they, win that, they win that battle, 7-0. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's another area of concern there. 
we need to be better at that than that. What, what was it about the start? Was there a certain amount of pressure on Connacht tonight, suddenly going to be favourites in a fixture they normally would be underdogs in? No, I don't think so. Listen, we've actually been... Uh, we've been winning the first 20 minutes in, in all of our games, so that's um, that's the first time that's happened to us. Excuse me. <coughs> so, I don't know what it was. Um, you know, we'll pay credit to Ospreys. I thought uh, you know, they came out with a bang. I thought they played a smart game, turned us around and, and put pressure on us and probably uh, and forced, forced a few errors and, and then we were clever enough, uh, you know, Two, two opportunistic tries in that in that first ten minutes, and they took them both. And that uh, was clever play from them. But um, yeah, we, we probably opened the door for them too. The Ospreys made a lot of errors in those closing stages, so to give Connacht the platform, they wanted a 22 meter line out level peg, and that's going to be the killer, really, isn't it? Yeah, listen, and that was that was our big thing. We had another one in the first half. We got you know, scrum on their on their line five meters out, and we didn't execute there. Um, yeah, and our messaging was just stick to task. We're actually wearing them down. We're okay. Uh, you know, we we get five you know we get five minutes out and we have that line out and uh, we probably went off task there and and uh, and, and the, the, the decision there was to take a field goal which I thought our more was working we probably should have stayed at it so again we'll we'll reflect on that and review that but definitely an opportunity missed there. Look, it was called a season shaping game. You have to reshape now and this is a bit of pressure next week against the Dragons. Yeah, listen, we we knew that this was a, a really important game mm-hmm. for us. Uh, uh, we felt if we could um, get a win here, then that would uh, put us in a good position for next weekend, and uh, that hasn't happened. So, you know, such as footy, it um, often doesn't go the way you want it to. Um, so we've just got to regroup and, uh, and make sure we put on a really good performance next weekend at home. Kieran, Connacht have obviously lost a few games this year, but this is one that will really stick in the minds for quite some time, I'd say. Yeah, we came over here pretty confident of getting a win. Um, we got ourselves in a good position there towards the end and obviously they just um, got in for that late try so I think the dressing room's pretty disappointing down there um, I guess we just have to pick ourselves back up and go again next week How did you think coming to this game you were going to take these sides on because you were aware obviously they're missing eight front-line internationals did you have to make sure you were focused and, and not take anything for granted then? Yeah absolutely they got um, they got a good squad um, I mean the internationals leave but they still got more internationals to come back in so uh, we knew it was always going to be tough. It was going to be a close game, which it was. Um, just unfortunate for us, we couldn't finish it out there at the end. Did it weigh on the shoulders? Do you think a little bit the extra bit of pressure? Maybe the expectations were up for tonight. I don't think so. Um, I think we just focused on ourselves and playing our game. Um, we knew it was going to be tough, but uh, I don't think the extra pressure on it was, was any different. No. Frustrating at halftime that you had those three visits, twenty-two in the second quarter, and they just didn't lead to scores. Yeah. Um, I think going in the change rooms at half time that we knew that we had that strong breeze in the second half um, but yeah we had those two opportunities um, the scrum I think we messed up a few lines um, and obviously when you get that close to the try line you want to be taking those opportunities so we'll look back at that and see where we can get better from there and looking towards next week now I mean like how much do you focus on this because this is going to weigh on the shoulders the missed opportunities the analysis that you can learn from it yeah I think next week's a huge opportunity to bounce back um, I think it's a must win game so um, we'll go away look at look at the Dragons and um, we'll, we'll get ready to take them on a must, must win game former Ulster player Alan Clark was speaking to the media afterwards. He's now director of rugby with the Ospreys. He was very, very happy, especially as you'll hear here in regards to the fact that missing eight players with the Welsh squad, and as he said, missing 20 players. Sounds a bit like Leo Cullen there, isn't he? A late drama, um, but on 80-minute-plus performance, um, I thought we showed tremendous character tonight. 
considering what we don't have available to us, 20 players missing. Uh, for the boys to start so well, and then you know allow Con to come back and help them in terms of getting their points, their field position. But to show that resilience, I thought our last D set was magnificent. And then to call the play that we called, uh, as coaches, we weren't necessarily thinking it was the correct play. But all credit to the boys and you know the the pump and execution pass from young Harry Morgan and obviously the late drama of the finish just adds to. Uh, in the magic of tonight. Yeah, most definitely in the last 15-20 minutes the momentum was com- going to call it. Uh, we knock on the halfway line, they have a scrum, get a penalty and you know, we see that out. But we just believe we get one more chance and all credit to the boys. They've been absolutely fantastic all, all season uh, and all week. And you know, In many regards, um, you know, you, you plan the drive and then you drive the plan and we did that tonight in that we played boys last week uh, with this game in mind and to get five points is really fantastic for everybody associated with the, the Ospreys in particular uh, those who have been around for the last couple of years and, and our supporters who have been brilliant some people saw it as an away game we just saw it as an opportunity to branch out within our region um, playing at home again and you know, we're we're nine on nine in a row at home. You could see that tonight. There was a desperation. There was a we fronted up. Uh, there was a physicality about us. There, there was an energy about us, driven by the senior players, which allowed the younger boys just to do what they do, and they did it really well. Just one subtle thing I picked up on there, Lindley possibly used it as motivation, suggested that, you know, the change of venue, yeah, it was out of their comfort zone, but I think they used that. Maybe kind of hinted as well that uh, he kind of recognised a connect were going to possibly try and take advantage of that. And uh, he was proud that his team stood up in tough conditions and in tough situations, missing so many players. Yeah, well, I think I think both teams, each team would look at, try to turn the advantage their way. And so Connett's way was to say, well, you know, the Ospreys are out of their home, so it's an advantage to us. At the same token, obviously, Alan Clark and the Ospreys viewed it as an opportunity that they, they're just taking their, their, their A game, basically, into the province, so to speak. And... There was obviously um, a huge support there, 5,000, more than 5,000. And obviously, because there was um, a festival of rugby on, they had combined the two. So it was, they made it into a festive occasion. Yeah, and William said it actually afterwards, and I agree com- completely, William. There was probably only half the crowd were the usual Ospreys fan base because there was a kind of an odd reaction to the victory. It was very muted. like. Yeah, I think it was people just came to have a good time. Um, you know, a lot of families there people having a few beers after work on a Friday evening, but they weren't diehard. I get the feeling the Ospreys fans, they were, they were just rugby people. And I think some of them felt maybe that the Ospreys stole it a bit at the end because Connacht did get themselves back into this from 14-3 to get it back to, to 14-0. But uh, I, I don't know whether that motivated them or not. I think, I think the motivation for those was that those players knew they had a job to do for the Ospreys and they just went and did it. Yeah, I think as well, when, when you have those missing internationals and you still have um, a core group of very experienced players like Dan Lydiard, etc., and you have the opportunity to bring in some youngsters, it, that is a huge motivating force for them to sort of like, you know, to, to gather around and to produce that mm. performance, knowing that as 
as Alan Clark said himself, we bet a team that had come fully loaded. So usually it's the other way round. It's usually Connacht who are facing teams that are fully loaded. Last, last night it was it was it was Connacht who was that team, and I think the Ospreys were hugely motivated to overcome what they perceived as a as a, a good strong Connacht team. Yeah. I don't know, we can't debate the bigger picture stuff too much here, it's it's a Saturday morning and we're just trying to think of uh, our way home and, but with regards to that concept of Connacht lost a game they should be winning games like that with regards to that concept William, I mean are we misunderstanding maybe where Connacht are in the pecking order because when you see guys like McCusker you see guys like Ollie Cracknell, Lloyd Ashley they're really good rugby players and it's hard to make a really strong case that you know the James Cannon's Quinn Ruse are that far ahead of them right now anyway Sean O'Brien he's still at his early stages of development is he that far ahead of an Ollie Cracknell not yet I agree with that but uh, if the performance was lacking okay. it's not really to do with where, where the players are or, or Connick just didn't play well yeah. now they weren't allowed to some extent to play well but they made so many errors so many small errors and so many uh, poor carries where the ball wasn't being moved forward, where the, they had possession, they did nothing with it. We've seen this repeatedly. There was a lot of just lateral stuff over and back the pitch. They didn't ask any real questions of the Ospreys' defence. They just had to keep making tackles. There's a skill to that. It's about concentration and making your tackles. But it's they weren't. You, you didn't feel that, that they were desperately hanging on at any stage, bar maybe the couple of driving mauls. Connacht did get them on the back foot and they were winning the the, uh, the scrums and the lineouts. Connacht were, were playing better there. But once they had the ball in, in open play or in phase play, it's quite it seems quite predictable. Teams seem to know what they're going to do and there just isn't enough happening and there isn't enough getting over the gain line, making small incremental yards. So it becomes really hard work for Connacht to get the ball up the pitch. I'm wondering about the fact that Connick fought back. You know, some people say, oh, this typical Connick, like the old days, when they're meant to deliver, they don't. I'm not sure I remember Connick teams in the old days, you know, getting themselves into a 17-3 hole, Lindley, and then turning that on its head and almost winning. Well, I think the last time they actually played at that venue was against the Celtic Warriors in 2004. I'm not sure the exact end result, but I think it was something like 40 points to 17. I think that that is the Connacht that was the Connacht of old. This is a different Connacht. And that fight back was significant enough. I know it's not, it's not going to be a massive but... I mean, they almost won a game with no right to it. I think, see, I think the first half was peppered by a hell of a lot of... of as, as William says, mistakes, the execution just was not clinical enough. We expect a little bit more, you know, clinical finishing from Connacht, and it wasn't there in that opening half. But yes, to fight back, it, it was, you know, fair juice to them. You know, they did fight back, and unfortunately, they just, in that last in that last five minutes, when they had the game wrapped up with a draw, they didn't get the drop goal. They had it wrapped up with a draw. They just didn't keep the ball in hand, and just basically I would have said either settle for a draw settle for a draw at that stage because to concede that last try was really a killer blow now I'm not saying that the Ospreys didn't deserve it for their overall performance on the night but I think maybe the lack of execution the the, the lack of incision in in their attacking edge that they just don't seem to have for some reason I'm not sure I'm not sure why but it just seems that it's as William says, it's a, their attack is a little bit ponderous at time, with the exception of the forwards who are going very well as a unit. I think the forwards are going well, and I think there's 
there's a good rotation there. They've a few more players to come back. Owen McEwen, Owen Masterson, Dave Hefford and uh, Gavin Thornbury. And you feel that that part of the team is going okay. I think there's a few players in the backs are just not on really good form. Uh, Tiernan O'Halloran doesn't look his normal self. Niadi Alokan. Uh, it's only small things, but they just don't seem to be quite where they want to be. And they've got to ask themselves hard questions about this because if you can't win in this type of situation and really they probably should have won this game in the end and there's a great skill in that you can you know the game lasts 80 minutes if you play badly for 60 and and win the last 20 minutes you can walk off the field you've won that didn't happen again last night and the the, the final try is really worth looking at because uh, there was there was a missed kick to to touch so the ball suddenly instead of being on, in the Ospreys 22 for a line-out is nearly on the edge of the Connacht one. They had a big meeting. They held up the game. They ran an exact plan move off the training ground, got the ball to Corey Hill, and he did exactly what he did earlier in the game. He just ran a hard flat line off a one-up one pass, and Connacht weren't ready for it, and they were in. No, there was a bit of a sh- shamozzle at the end, but, I mean, it was a try. There's no doubt about it. It did look a bit odd on TV, but if you break it down frame by frame... That's very that that will drive that really frustrates a side because you've suddenly gone from them getting two points and you getting two points to f- them getting five and you getting one. And when you're the the first two in this conference will probably be clear winners, whoever, and it'll probably be Glasgow and Munster. Maybe maybe not, but that's what you'd, you'd feel as the season goes on. But the teams in third, fourth, and fifth could be separated by a point here and a point there. And really, the Ospreys just, that was a bumper night for them. Five points from two points. Three, they, got, they basically got three free points. In the and took one away from a rival in terms of their Exactly. Couldn't have gone better for them. And no wonder uh, Alan Clark was delighted because they came in under strength. Connacht, I think, maybe didn't enjoy the fact that they were expected to win this. I wonder, did that get in their heads a bit? There's no point in hiding from the fact that Kieran Marmion, Irish international, was up against an 18-year-old Harry Morgan, and Harry Morgan had the better game. And Bundiaki, our big, big money man in midfield and a stu- an Irish key man for the Irish squad, was up against 18-year-old teen Thomas Wheeler and didn't get the better of his man either. Is that fair? In both cases? Um, I think the way that the Ospreys set up helped them enormously, those two young players. Um, and I'm... Uh, but but I'm not I'm not sure that Kieran Merwin is fully on his game at the moment, um, and I don't think Bundy had a I don't think he had much of a night really. Um, expected a little bit more from him. He did score a good try. He was in the middle, and to be fair, he took responsibility for that. He got in there because sometimes in those driving malls, you you sometimes feel that the forwards do ninety percent of it, but they don't quite know how to finish it off. He made sure he was on the back of that. Yeah, well, that was true. But four missed tackles. This was actually one feature of the game I noticed. There was a, uh, there was a, a, a similar drive in the first half, and the forward, the back, the backs got into that drive. It didn't work out on that occasion. But I like to, I like to see, I like to see that little bit of innovative play where you know where the backs do get into a forward drive, the determined drive, because they want, they want to get that score. And I actually enjoyed that aspect of it. You just like Warren Gatlin's fifteen-man lineup. <laughs> Call it. <laughs> this part of the world. 
our Connick versus Australia, folks. Look it up. I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. Anyways, enough of that. We've got to go. We've got to get a flight. That's the way it is. I mean, there's only so much more we can dissect it. I think key players aren't playing very, very well. I don't think, William, I'm just going to say it. I don't think it's an attitude issue yesterday. I think it's a collective... Uh, cohesion doesn't seem to be there at the moment and that's a concern for both management and the team and individual form seems to be off let's start with you Lindy yeah I think it's one it's an opportunity loss but I think if they'll look look back on it you know there have been a lot of changes for the European matches you know I think maybe that and did slot into the, the picture there with bringing players back in for it um, they've got a, a rest well after the Dragons they'll have a rest and I think it's basically you know it, all is not lost when they don't win away from home. You can't say all is not lost. I mean, it, it was an opportunity lost. But now they're back at home against the Dragons. And I think it was a picture of where Connacht are at the moment. They are at both ends of the spectrum. They play some sublime rugby sometimes. They show loads of character. And then they just lack sometimes... I think maybe the wherewithal and their and the execution, which I think is letting them down. All right, William, final thoughts. It's a big game next Saturday. Um, mightn't have looked at it at the start of the season when you look at the fix. You think oh, it was the Dragons, but Colin, I think have lost the last three matches against them, and they really are going to have to. They're going to have to grind out a win in that game. You can't, you know, you you got to keep the, at the, at very worst. You've got to keep your season at fifty percent. They're no one three lost four in the uh, Pro Fourteen. They can't go to three and five, otherwise the season just starts to drift away. You get into a situation then where you can never really get back to being comp- in a competitive situation, points-wise on the table. So, Dragons is a big challenge, and it'll be an interesting challenge for the management how they set the team up. They'll be missing some players. We know the guys going to international, get a few players back in and uh, go again. But last night was a was a tough night, and uh, they'll have to they'll have to exa- they'll examine it and. They always talk about learnings. Well, they'll have to learn from it. If you missed the midweek podcast, Alan and William were at the uh, open day for the new stadium in terms of planning and showing supporters what they're trying to do and people in the area. So that was a great podcast, well worth a listen. Just want to join in any other business. Alan mentioned the fact that it looks like they're going to be closing one side of the ground for a year and then another side. That's what we've heard from uh, Connacht on in regards to that. Just want to raise the question, and we'll debate it again later at later point because we don't have time now of whether Connick might consider moving to another ground during that period of time because I do think it's going to be quite disruptive the open side and the sports ground side can be very very open so just for supporters comfort and for kind of an atmosphere you just kind of maybe think that should be considered so hey that's just my thoughts asking the question more than anything may well not be possible Lindy have you any final thoughts there? Oh, I was just delighted to see um, the uh, there was a Hong Kong rugby club there at the match last evening and a former Connacht player was amongst them. I didn't actually get to meet him there, but it was Dylan Rogers. And when I was talking to some of the lads, they had said that Dylan had specially requested to come on this tour because he wanted, he knew that Connacht were playing and he wanted to see some of his old mates and see the team. The only person missing, of course, was Brett Wilkinson, who was with Hong Kong rugby. And the lad I was chatting to um, said he wasn't able to come over on this particular tour. All right. Well, a big hello to Brett, who's friend of the podcast in the past. That's it. Thank you, William. Cheerio, Rob. Safe trip. Enjoy your trip to the Nall. I will. Loose. Cut it loose. Break out. Or nothing changes. Sad and confused. Don't wait until...